Do, 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 do. Can I lose 10 pounds this month? Can you? I don't know. It's the holiday months. It's a challenge. It's the holidays. I got like literally never ever fucking thought researched. I don't even like. Do you just? It's this calorie deficiency, right? You, you burn mean, more you, calories you, than you consume. Well, okay. You obviously didn't do any of the homework and listen to any of the maintenance phases. Mm -hmm. That's so correct. the answer is yes, but also no. No. Not at all, and that it's not going to work. All right. So Long that was that was an Long outstanding term. segue. All right, good. So, I've, but I I might Are have we... listened to the maintenance phase, but I did. Wrong. You didn't listen to any of the maintenance phases. I did. I did discover the Patty Pimblet you, uh, YouTube page. No oh, God. And he says. Yeah, he says that all he's, I need to he's do a socialist. is to get. That's why I, I knew I liked him. Yeah, all right. He says it's it's all about the calorie deficiency. So, but of course he actually does things. Yeah, he does a he expends a lot of calories, which it helps. I mean, you can purely fast. I don't know what kind of constitution you have though. What well, I mean, like fast, right? Like, but like. Yeah, fast right, is so exactly like, what we're right, talking here's, about. Here's my plan. Having having never listened to a maintenance phase, which we guys can berate me in a minute here. Let's. But I need my health. It's is, the highest quality my, podcast that we have on this list. My I, health I, I is at stake here. Um, I don't. But anyway. right, shots fired. <clears throat> is to eat much less sugar because I eat a lot of sugar. That's boring. that'll help. Skim down my fats. No. Which, no, don't. I mean, I mean, I eat a lot of fat. Like, that's so, fine. That's fine. Well, just don't have carbs with it. Don't eat carbs with it. All right. I'm not... Fats work when you do the keto thing. That's true. But yeah. It's, yeah but you're essentially you just like wringing your insides out, right? Like all of your organs are essentially being twisted like old laundry, like the I keto. I mean, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it works, especially if you want to do one month. Keto is your best bet. Okay. Really? Because that's Keto's what keto also, is invented for. Well, here's the thing. You don't like doing. Uh, exercise or like That's calorie correct. expenditure so you basically just want to starve yourself and no. not do any physical activity no I, I could be clear here right like i i don't like working out like exactly. i don't mind like exactly. expending calories like well, i played basketball for like six seven months with um some colleagues at work i fucking love that shit like i love i love doing stuff i don't like working out well, yeah, if you can do the naturalistic version of working out, that's fine. Okay, so but then I need... you've got to have, you know, basketball friends to do that. That's or true. you need to start walking. Oh, well, yeah, some solitary... I, I, uh, I think I'm maybe getting back into bird watching or something might be good. It is also nicer weather. It is you know, nice. Before 10 a.m. Then i got to wake up earlier. This is this is awful, i got to be honest with you. This is already looking bad. Which, which part of what? Everything. Eating less sugar, doing stuff. <laughs> this is not going to go well. I've... I've decided, um, using judgments that Peter Atia would not stand behind, that the, the triangulation for losing weight and generally just fitness uh, is... It, the carb-fat thing is a distraction. You yeah. just have to maximize protein. You just eat all of your calories as protein because your body can only absorb so many of them at a time. Yeah, and then it just turns it into Sugar. carbs. Okay. Yeah, and so it's just yeah, and that's too much protein can be a problem too. All right, well, I'm, I plan to find out whether that's true. Okay. okay. Does does soy have protein in it? Yeah. Yes. Good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it does. Eat some more soy. All the yeah. stuff I like eating is already extremely protein rich, so that doesn't hurt. Interesting. It's just like nuts, chickpeas, uh, meats. Like, it's all the shit I want to eat anyway. Okay, like cool. lettuce is actually extremely protein rich uh, because there are calories in it, and none of them are fat, yeah. and none of them are carbs. Whoa! So lettuce? Yeah. Yeah, because there's like four calories in it, and three of them are protein. So if you eat, you know, a lot of it, 
This is remember. Oh, you were not. You were not the keto podcast. It's the whole cabbage challenge. Yeah, we did a. Um, yeah, we, we literally did better yeah. health through steak I mean, yeah. already. Yeah, we, we beat, did. One we head of green leaf lettuce has four to five grams of protein. Yeah, exactly. It's one head. It's not a lot. Yeah, yeah. how many gar- what, how many carbs are in it? Well, probably zero. Anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but <laughs> this doesn't mean you need Christ. to eat the whole yeah. head of cabbage. You need to basically, eat four of them. Yeah, <laughs> and you stuff. supplement that with. All the other cool stuff. Okay. Well, I mean, I love cabbage. I mean, I can... I mean, the only problem is that I have to put butter on it. That's fine. That's, that's fine? fine? Okay. Yeah, that's Good. fine. Just don't eat any carbs with it. That's uh, a lot of yeah. keto going on there. God. No, I, just I, for just for a month. Uh, Haven't you done keto like four times? Yeah, I don't want to do keto again. Like, oh, really? No, I... Remember, Ryan, abs are made in the kitchen, so just stop <laughs> yes. eating. That's right. Oh, shit. I don't want a keto. And you don't have a good GHG guy, so you got to do this natty. Yeah, well, I don't, I just don't want my mouth to taste like a battery for seven days, and then I got to, Just add some sweet potato to the regiment. It's got fiber, it's got just enough carbs to level you out. Chew gum. You'll be fine. (laughs) Chew gum. Okay. There are solutions to these problems. All right, well, I'm going to eat less and do more for the first week, and we'll see if I can lose three pounds okay and that is the lesson i learned from maintenance phase so what is that i feel like i've absorbed the lessons correctly mm-hmm. um so speaking of maintenance yeah, phase. speaking of no i mean you, you, we we literally started from word one on the recording with uh what that whole podcast is about so we might yeah. as well tangent on that real quick well and since i uh, since i didn't do my homework um what the fuck is this podcast and why is it good maintenance phase is a health science <laughs> and pop culture podcast that aims to debunk health and wellness industry myths and discusses anti-fatness in mainstream American culture. Okay. Yeah. And is it good? It's, it's amazing. Great. Okay, good. Great. What, what about... What oh, it's, well, intersectional. Far, it's intersectional. It's intersectional. It's intersectional. That is a mark against good. it, but yeah. That's... <laughs> and, and their methodology But in nuts? the best possible way, it's, it's you know, both both of them are gay, so okay. it's right. the best kind of intersectional. Yeah. Their methodology nuts. So yeah. it's really interesting when they dig into, you know how they say this study shows that blueberries have a lot of antioxidants and blah, blah, blah. They dig down and show you how it's all bullshit. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's like a diet debunking podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good. And yes. to a degree, that's why I think it may be in the same way that Truanon is. I think it's maybe not an appropriate fit for the original purpose Might of this podcast. Be because but they do keep with when, when one does a topic, they make sure the other one doesn't know anything about it. And they make no, sure they don't do any that's research the they don't, about it. That's the problem. They're, too, they're both knowledgeable. But they the are topic, knowledgeable. So it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't quite jive that way. I mean, it's... Aubrey Gordon and Michael Hobbs, according to this chart I have here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, both of them, they trade places, and it's not like the other ones. I mean, I guess we'll just we'll go to the topic. Um, I wanted to do an analysis of story time podcasts, mm-hmm. as I've termed them this week, mm-hmm. uh, which is when two friends sit at microphones, and the more pedantic of the two uh, explains a topic to the gayer of the two, you got Gareth Reynolds, Dave Anthony. You got Robert Evans and whoever else is on the podcast. Usually a female comedian that rotates yeah. or prop. You got yeah. <laughs> you got the McElroys. You got Dan Jordan. Dan and Jordan just came out with a podcast that I'm sure will come up in this conversation because um, it actually it's an interesting it's an interesting. Anyway, there's a lot of ways for this to go. So let's get back to maintenance phase real quick. Um, Usually the format of this is one person's being informative and the other person's being informed. And that is true for maintenance phase, except, except that um, they're all familiar with everything 
just from floating around in a topic that is this concentrated. Yeah. Like the dollop, the dollop is American history writ large. It's a large enough topic that Gareth is not going to know everything they're talking about. Pretty yeah. much. And Gareth does frequently know people in the stories that he's, you know, that are being discussed. But maintenance phase, like the <laughs> the genre of um, fatness propaganda combined with health, uh, what, health research. Yeah. It's a relatively limited field of study. So, and it's probably, it was probably closer to a pure version of this format in earlier versions. But in the stuff that I was listening to, the, the couple of samples mm-hmm. I listened to were like the food pyramid and calories okay, and one, BMI. Yeah. Um, they're both very familiar with all yeah. the topics they're discussing. <laughs> so even if they're bringing research to it, it's, it's more of a banter thing than it is a uh, story time. But anyway, Ryan, what was... Uh, is it funny? What? Uh, reasonably so. Yeah, yeah. It's not two comedians, but, you know, they're okay. witty. Unlike all the other ones, which That's are right. all field Which are all actually, yeah. yeah, like legit comedians. Okay. Yeah. yeah, the maintenance phase, are they're very pragmatic folks, and they're... They, but they're they, very expressive. Like, there's yes. a lot of yelling at mm-hmm. bad and policy and, and stuff like and, that. Yeah. Okay. Laugh with us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gotcha. yeah. Or you just okay. be like... <gasps> You know, because they'll read off some sort of, you know, like experiment that dictated, you know, health policy for 50 years that was mostly just eugenics bullshit. You know, the yeah. usual stuff. Yeah, three three N's. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> not, you know, uh, double knowledge instead of double blind. Yeah. Like, yeah okay. Um, so you said it was intersectional. What makes it, what is, what is intersectional about it? Oh, so... Um, you know, Aubrey, obviously, we have a, a, a gay woman on the podcast, okay. and it's also a gay man, the co-host, gotcha. but it's, you know, it's it's not two dudes, okay, which is, you know, the basically the baseline for everything. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I imagine this is that our, this genre is a very, fairly bro-heavy kind yeah, of well, genre. Podca- podcasting okay. is yeah, podcasting is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's other I've not heard that to it. Like there's the anti, the the, the anti fat propaganda stuff that they go into, and Aubrey right. is you know self proclaimed oh, yeah, fat person. Yeah, she's basically mm-hmm. a fat so. lady about town. I think is her um, yeah. title. So she... uh, oddly enough, also the title of my autobiography. <laughs> so that gets interesting because she brings um, <clears throat> to the table a lot of life experience, and so when you're talking, when you're disputing some of the anti-fat propaganda and studies and all mm-hmm. of this other stuff, she can come out with her own perspective yeah. on this is what it was when I was growing up. Gotcha. The problem is is that 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 most anti-fat propaganda is not informed by fat people. So she brings the fat person to the story because nobody right. listens to them. That's right. And again, this is one of those things where it feels like it's against the spirit of the forum <laughs> because she is so invested in what she's talking they're both, about. They're both yeah. activists. By, well, yeah. like they both started as activists. Yeah, and I I will grant them they're they're good conversationalists. They're reasonably funny, but it's not like to go to, for example, the dollop. Um, Dave Anthony Care is like an environmentalist and all this stuff, but the stuff he's talking about, he's throwing up his hands as he's saying it. Like there is so, and this 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 goes to one of the questions that I sort of posed about this genre that I was. uh, I was talking about um, the three questions that sort of go together here is how much does the straight man fall guy combo do? Uh, what does that do in masking incompetent journalism on these subjects? <laughs> and does that matter? Um, and then uh, the other two are uh, what does what do you learn from these podcasts? Does it matter? And does it stick with you? And then. Is what you learn from these podcasts dangerous in the way they pretty much always carry the same lesson with every episode? <laughs> and 
I think maintenance phase avoids a lot of these problems because they have an independent research team and they have what is functionally an agenda on a real topic that matters a lot. And I think that hurts it in this category <laughs> because, because you can like learn things in Knowledge Fight, but Knowledge Fight is mostly a, the ability to, in a guilt-free way, experience the Alex Jones show. Yeah. Like, it's it's just a way to listen to a man rant and have someone go, but don't worry, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> Whenever you might feel tempted to take away any lessons from it. The dollop, you don't really learn American history. You, no, you don't learn anything from the dollop, yeah. which is why I don't listen to that one right. as much. So, all right. And so, I think uh, Behind uh, the uh, Bastards also fits that category. Well, That one's just fun. Yeah, when you, when you compare the two, while I think they're very similar, I think the dollop does a much sloppier job of the research and presentation of the research. They're a little wittier on the comedy side, but I like the the, the story, the, the, the way... Uh, What's his name? Robert, Robert Evans uh, uh, presents the topics better than, than the dollop. Evans. Yes. So I'll, I'll, I'll push back on this because <laughs> I, I think my dollop is my favorite podcast of obviously the ones that we've done here. So I have a, <clears throat> I have a uh, top three list <laughs> with honorable mentions for two categories of dollop episodes. So um, these are the thing that, so I, I base these into two different areas. One is the, are the best episodes and one of the funniest episodes. Okay. So, um, so dollop episodes that that I learned the most from. That's what I figure are the best. Okay, and these are, um, to me, I think what is amazing about the dollop is that it does kind of like reinforce and provide commentary and also illuminates topics that I had never fucking either heard about or had only like tangentially kind of like known about. You like history stuff though. Like you were a Dan Carlin podcast type. Oh yeah, guy. oh yeah. yeah. Listen listen to the Dan Carlin. Absolutely. I, I read a lot of history in my spare time as well. Um, you know, I listen to uh, history audiobooks. I, I do love history. And you know the dollop enjoy um the dollop has some of the best episodes um to my mind. Because really like there are three kind of like dollop episodes. One are biographies, um one are topics and then one are like topics about topics. Right, so like the one I was listening to on the way over here was the comet panic um, of I think nineteen of the when the Halley's comet came by in like the late nineteenth century, okay. and that's fucking wild because it's also a diagram of like science knowledge at the time, media coverage of the time, things like that. So um, yeah, so let me just get into these uh, real quick. So why I think they're the best ones. Okay, so I have two honorable mentions <laughs> uh, for my best podcasts. Once okay. again, these are the most the ones I took. The ones that changed my perspective and informed my perspective the most. Um, the two honorable mentions are the John McCain episode, which is <laughs> I do like that episode. fucking great to when when someone is being built up to like <laughs> knock the fucking legs out from under that. And that episode was really awesome. The next one are the uh, it's a two parter. The Boston, uh, the de the desegregation of the Boston school system in 1974, and 1975. Holy fucking shit. Like, you know, you get this perspective that, you know, racism is primarily concentrated in the South and this is where it exists. Um, not true. Absolutely not true. And the, <laughs> like the the degree of political organizing within the white community of Boston in 1974, and 1975 to prevent their kids from going to school with black children is 
insane. Oh, like, I believe it. Oh man, so good. So and um and then the next one is a more recent one. It's the manure pile episode, which is about a three-story pile of shit in New York City. Um, in once again around the turn of the century. And this is also a subcategory that I love with the dollop is that they cover sanitation issues a lot of, which is a <laughs> particular interest of mine. Um, where the poop go, David? Where the poop go? What uh, it's down the tube. Okay, down I know, but like even even your little uh, anyway. So I I love the poop go. Uh, stories, but the, also the manure pile is great because one of the consistent themes they have are uh, segregationist organizing. So there's a lot of great segregationist story, uh, uh, not segregation, excuse me, um, suffragette stories that go through this. And the manure pile struggle story is actually a story about women's groups in the early 20th century politically organizing to get rid of a giant pile of shit that's actually causing a huge public nuisance. Oh, and Jesus. like, but it was like up to women to like. Yeah identify, frame, organize, and overcome and solve the, the, the shit pile. Um, so the next one that really changed my perspective and made me a, uh, a cab forever are the uh, early LAPD episodes. Yeah. Because that fucking thing's a gang. And the synthesis of information in those LAPD episodes are um, crystal clear and, of course, fucking hilarious because so much of Gary's um, uh, charm is his just fucking being flabbergasted by the information that's out there that we don't know. Yeah. And this is, I think, the key thing, too, is that, like, I think the dollop does it better than anything else is, like, his ability to emotionally react to the fact that, like, the LAPD is, in fact, a gang, and this is not a new, this is, like, a, not a new development. Yeah. But they are an organized crime organization within LA, within Los Angeles is fucking shocking. Um, and then the last one is the Wells Fargo episode, because fuck that bank and fuck those people. They should be <laughs> fucking executed. They should be executed. And that is my view of... Um, this, is, this is the best dollop episodes. All of these podcasts, I think, have like a pretty firm ACAB stance. Like, BTB is firm ACAB. Yeah. Obviously, the dollop's firm ACAB. Uh, let's see. What are the other ones here? I don't know about Sawbones. They might be libs, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. they, they are libs, D- through to the, I guess Bones is already in their name. That doesn't, that doesn't work. <laughs> Are you guys familiar with the McElroys? I guess Nicole just left the room, so this question's only to half the audience. Um, I know you know who, I mean, you recommended Sawbones. Yes, So absolutely. I assume you're familiar with the McElroys. Yes. So we'll come back to that. But uh, so what are the other ones? Maintenance phase. I'm going to say a cab on some, you know, an educated guess there. But if you guys know better, please let me know. Uh, well, there's your problem is definitely a cab. Um, they're obnoxiously leftist sometimes, frankly. And, uh, yeah, I think Knowledge Fight also. Uh, Knowledge Fight is the most likely to be a CIA op of any of these. Well, this is the thing. I don't think it started that way, but it's slowly under our noses and under Dan and Jordan's noses becoming a CIA op. And it's just hard to process right now. Shit got real (laughs) at one point, and then they just had to go, okay. We're well, they also it. started following Alex, like when not like when Infowars became a CIA op, because that also happened too, like right around the Kelly Jones divorce. It's all around. They, you. Yeah, they brought like the new wife in, and Roger Stone brought you know in the new management, and yeah. all of a sudden it became less, uh, suddenly you know, less less rights and more Trump. Yeah, suddenly they can't find the money. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, you, are either of you familiar with the McElroy brothers? No. My brother, my brother, and me. Uh, they uh, they weren't, like, original podcasters, per se, but Sawbones is actually older than any of these podcasts. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, really? I enjoyed the one episode we listened to. Yeah, I didn't I didn't hate it. I wasn't familiar with it 
before, so I only listened to a couple episodes this week. Yeah, they um, they they were sort of the original family industry in okay. Web 2.0 culture. Uh, the McElroy brothers started with, I think they started with My Brother, My Brother, and Me. They may have had something else before that, but they do they do all kinds of projects. They started with just the three brothers, uh, Justin, Travis, and Griffin, and then they th- now they have podcasts with their you know significant others, and they expand out, and there's this whole universe of. <laughs> Um, what's weird is, and of course, Ryan just left while I was going to ask him a question about this. This has been a very, territory. Uh, this, this has been a, uh, a very scattered, um, Back. it's interesting because I think, uh, Ryan, you had, you had made a list, uh, we were going to rank until I realized when I tried to sort out who is who in these podcasts that we don't really have a lot to rank here. Um, you had mentioned that you believe, uh, Gary followed by Gareth Reynolds were the two <laughs> best uh, the two best goofballs, the best riffers. Yes. And what's weird is I, I agree, but I don't think Gareth is as funny. I don't. Th- Justin McElroy is a world class banterer. Yes. That guy is incredible at pulling like just riffs yes. out of his ass. But Gareth brings, and I think you sort of alluded to this in the um, in your best of list. Gareth not merely is hilarious yeah. it, with his impressions and all of his stuff, but he's also extremely capable of grounding conversation yes. and making sure that it is not floating away yeah. uh, when it needs to. And mm-hmm. I don't think Justin is any good at that at all. Right. Um, well, and, and I think to the degree as well, it's where like Jordan and knowledge fight is... Um, God, it's not like he's bad at it or anything like that, but like he will just keep going. You know, yeah. like yeah, he's yeah. like yeah. that. He relies, like, he relies yeah. on Dan to <laughs> yeah. keep. Yeah, it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I like how off the rails he gets, and I do like how Dan he responds, you know, favorably to when Dan tries to reel him in. So yeah. it's a good yeah. dynamic in that way. It's a good give and take. No, absolutely. And also, like I think you know, we talk about like the emotional expression of like the other person's. Um, you know, the other partner, um, away from the pedantic one, uh, Jordan is the best expressor of emotion. Oh, of yeah. All, of all yeah. Those. yeah. Like, Mike down. Is, yeah. Mike down. <laughs> Mike down for this. <laughs> Which does become like a phrase, you know, like, that you're yeah. like, all right, we got to mic down for this. Like, well, I assume yeah. he annotates his, you know, because I'd be curious to see what Dan's what his rap notes sheet look like. like yeah. it's got, I mean, it's got to have timestamps because he alludes to a lot of information in oh, those yeah. segments. Oh, yeah. So I imagine the, the spreadsheet he uses is probably extensive. Oof. And I think the, oh yeah, so uh, what, are we, what are we talking about? That's a good looking question. Because this this sort of like span, it, it's funny because I thought this was like a genre. And then of course, the second you look at it, it goes fractal. Like all of these have like their own different appeals. Um, but there isn't as many as these that I, as I thought there was because. Um, not in the pure form. Most podcasts are, yeah, most podcasts are kind of, the more popular podcasts are kind of straight up like NPR lib podcasts and they don't adhere to this formula. No. Well, and that was the first question I came up with when I was just sort of searching. Why doesn't this exist in the radio era? All right. I've got opinions. but I, I have an I, opinion on I, that yeah, too. Yeah, go for it. Oh, because, see, we didn't know, like, they, we weren't willing to accept people wanted long-form shit until Joe Rogan. But the problem is you want, like, at least somebody that knows what they're talking about, which is why we don't listen to Joe Rogan anymore. Is Joe Rogan's format conducive to a format like this, where he plays the goof and just brings in experts to talk over? I, I, 
like theoretically, but no, because it's like too jovial, and I don't, I don't think he would be like. I know, I don't think he'd be a good comic in this fucking situation. He's which not a is good weird. comic because anyway. he's not a good comic. And I think basically, that, and I think it's a bigger point is that it really matters who's doing the research and who's doing the peanut gallery. Yeah. So who would you? Well, it's it's difficult too because I think consistency for both matters, which is why I think when we get to behind the bastards, we can talk about that a little bit more, but. Um, specific to the radio question, my opinion is, is really, it is like the format of it, you know, like they, they can't do it because almost immediately it is the institution of radio itself that prevents this kind of format from happening because the idea that it goes out to the public means that there must be absolute 100% accountability to the information that's presented and accountability in which way, right? Like giving the audience what they want. Not really, right? Like Stern was in the 80s and essentially part of Stern's show is the dynamic between, especially the early Stern, which I'm not a fucking expert in, right? But like, <laughs> but the idea between Robin and Stern, yes. right? Like the yeah. the news and then the riff, right? Like that's early drive time, morning zoo kind of dynamic as well. And so I think there is an evolution from that to this. But of course, like what you can't have is like Robin is not the, the information that Robin Givens gives is not the point. The point yeah. is the riff. Whereas I think yeah. with the dollop and behind the bastard and sawbones, the point, the, the main point is the information. The comedy is the side effect of this. And you can't have like actual critical information. Like that's why you had to get Stern who could get away with on public, public fucking radio, which mm-hmm. is wild, <laughs> doing the shit he did. Because the information was so sanitized and accountable to the corporate overlords that actually make radio function. I used to Where now to that you can, now that we can get rid of the corporate overlords and you can produce the content that's like, you know, actually subversive to that narrative, um, now they can't stop it. And now it's no surprise that like that comes and people s- like it. Yeah, people actually want it. They're like, <laughs> holy shit! They're like, actually, I actually agree with the information part rather than yeah. the, the yeah. bullshit part, the the fun part. Yeah, I think you know the, the fact that it's live. The, the radio or, you know, even if it's a minute or three behind, but yeah. it, it, it um, doesn't lend itself to having a good research paper and then someone riffing off of it. So I think the Howard Stern, I have that example here written down as well. Robin would read the news. Yeah. Right. And Stern just headline would, stuff, just yeah. headline stuff. And then Stern would rip riff off of it. And because it was kind of uh, current events, people yeah. were engaged and interested while you're driving to work and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, but definitely, yeah, because it was live, I think it didn't really lend itself to like, hey, we're going to focus on this topic only yeah. and, and and run with it. Yeah. it would be like, hey, Robin, Noriega. That's a weird name, isn't it? You think he's on Coke? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, like, Anyone got a ham? Yeah. Did you ever do blow, Robin? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Did any of you run into, well, there's your problem before? Have any of you listened to that? Uh, yeah. Once or twice, yeah. Okay. So you have at least some mate touch I am on that tangentially one a familiar. That one is, what I, I got to say, I, I almost, I almost wanted to push back on the idea that the information is the most important part about these podcasts, <laughs> but, uh, well, there's your problem would be the, uh, would be the counter example there, um, okay. where I, I think, uh, Jacob apparently shares this opinion pretty aggressively that, um, Justin Rosniak, who, uh, hosts as the pedant of that podcast, uh, has a, uh, mechanical engineering degree. So, uh, the 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 tagline for what your problem is a podcast about engineering disasters with slides. Oh gosh! Um, and the, he just you know he brings as built and pictures of destructive events and he he is knowledgeable enough to explain why things are breaking down without 
having to resort to authority on the topic, which is a very interesting way to go about it. And it's something I was kind of hoping that Sawbones would be a little bit better with. Um, but I guess I just don't like Sidney McElroy's like banter enough. Um, I, I like listening to Roz talk yeah. about, you know, building seven. Like, okay. he, you know, he, like they'll go through the official story. They'll show like schematics of the thing and he'll simply explain the mechanics behind okay. it. Right. And that's fascinating. And I don't need uh, two, not one, but two idiots talking over it. That just derail. Um, yeah. yeah. Which kills that podcast. Uh, gotcha. Even though, ironically, uh, Alice, uh, one of the two annoying people on that podcast is the reason I knew it even existed, but mm-hmm. both got me into and got me out of it. Um I guess the dollop, I <laughs> could Gareth, I mean, I'm just trying to do the replacement thing in my head here. I mean, who, who is the more replaceable of the two personalities in the dollop? Uh, I've got an opinion about this, but then I've got a larger point that I want to make about right. what makes these things actually good. All right. So, so. Let, let's just go through the list in a lightning round in maintenance phase. Who's holding that podcast together? Aubrey or Michael? Both. That one, that one, both. I think, I mean both, but probably Aubrey a little bit more because Michael has other podcasts he holds together. Behind the Bastard, Robert Evans or whoever the fuck else is on the podcast. Sophie, Sophie. holds that together. Don't give her a mic, though, because it ruins the whole mood. Yeah. Uh, Sawbones, Ryan. Um, Got to get rid of the, uh, you can replace the husband. She probably should. All right. you know, yeah. I don't know what he looks like. He's but... very anxious, it sounds like. Yeah. And Knowledge Fight. Well, Dan... Yeah. Dan does so much work yeah. for that podcast. You well, yeah, you can't have it. Yeah, Dan. like I mean, you can't much, have it without no, Dan. Yeah, nobody's signing up for the Jordan show. That's right. Yeah. And back to the point of uh, of the information is what's interesting about it. You know, like I can listen to Dan talk about that stuff all day long. Yep. You know, and the, but that's I, I was sort of getting trying to get a gauge for whether the. Um, you know, it, it makes sense that you would say, you know, oh, we need both of these people here because theoretically it's a duo for a reason. Yeah. Um, and it does sound like in most cases that's probably true. Yeah. I so, mean, but for the dollop, right, like, you know, you have this difficult dynamic and it's, it's this essential dynamic, right? Like, I think for the dollop, and this is what I think has, has the biggest knock against Behind the Bastards, is the rapport between the two is the core of the dollop, right? Like more so than others. And, you know, you think of like the, the, the classic examples of the, you know, straight man, funny man dynamic, you know, Martin and Lewis, Abbott and Costello, um, Bill and Hillary Clinton, you know, you've got these like really interesting dynamics between these two. Who's the straight one? And... <laughs> I just let it ride, man. We're so close to that joke. <laughs> through. So, um, <laughs> the, the, uh, right, the, the dynamic between those is essential. And, um, this is what I think like lifts the dollop, you know, into the transcendental layer of this is that they're dynamic is so so good like the like what makes the jack parsons which is now if i could get to my funniest episode <laughs> of the doll of essential um is that the funniest one no no it's oh, not okay. no all right so once again coming um, in at number three yeah no i no, i have two honorable mentions <laughs> <laughs> and then i've actually got a few other ones okay no so the the honorable mentions for the doll the funniest dollops in my opinion the ones that i've re-listened to and laugh is the 
Uh, honorable mention to the Caning of Sumner episode, That's which an excellent episode. Unbelievably funny. That was um, when they when when a U.S. senator was nearly beaten to death on the floor of uh, of the Capitol, um, and the, in the Capitol, uh, the ner- the Newsy strike. That one also is really good. Also, f- also top tier Dave episode um, because the the like these eight eight to twelve year olds who are striking um, the newsboy strike. Um, they have like these quotes from these like organizing eight, like 10 year olds and oh, choice content in that one. So number three is the Jack Parsons episode. And I put that one in there cause I think that's just, it is the best of both. It is like when they hit their stride and then the outrageousness of the story comes through the most. And Jack Parsons, who was the, one of the founders of the jet propulsion laboratory, um, was a sex cult, like yeah. the original sex cult yeah. member. Um, Funded all, by Aleister Crowley. Yeah, absolutely. A high school, um, college dropout, you know, like literally blowing holes in his backyard kind of mentality. The kind of thing you just can't do in America anymore, you know? Like, yeah. there's no, they'll never have those kind of like garage rocket science uh, people raised to positions of prominence. Um, so number two, and when, when I thought back to it, this becomes like an actual uh, thing. Um, number two is the Lord Gordon Gordon episode, which is unfortunately not number one because it's a live episode, oh. but Lord Gordon Gordon. And this also becomes a thing because they have the, when, whenever you see in a dollop episode, a double namer, you're in for a good time because the UK dollop has Gregor McGregor <laughs> as one of their episodes. <laughs> and that God. one's fucking great. And then, um, the Griffith J Griffith, the crazy billionaire in California, like Griffith park in California. Yeah. yeah. yeah Griffith J Griffith. Uh, re- listen to that one. Cause that's also fucking great um and then of course the best episode of the dollop ever is the uh, two-parted ronald reagan episode that is it is that quite is something un- one of my one of my favorite things ever in media ever <laughs> is the ronald reagan double parter with Patton oswalt on the dollop so the oh that's the Patton oswalt yes episode. Yeah, 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 that okay. is okay. that is indisputably fucking great and and uh, and hilarious all at the same time um but also has like all those kind of like elements mixed in mixed in um, great story, hilarious content, um, riff upon riff jokes, just a plenty. Cause every, this is the thing with Reagan is that like every like sentence uh, that just explains the next thing that happened to him that he did is fucking ridiculous <laughs> on top of it. And they just kind of crescendo till he's a fucking pea souped brain addled, you know, oh, nutcase at the end of his presidency. It's. It's quite funny. Okay, so how high ranked is like the dollop amongst, I guess it's technically a comedy podcast, because here's something depressing. When I was looking at kind of like top Apple podcasts, the first podcast that was on that list that's something I listened to was like the shitty date rape trauma podcast at like 18. Very popular. It's so, that shit's so popular. And that one's not good at all. I wouldn't even recommend it. Okay, so. <laughs> even if you're looking on. for date What's rape trauma that episodes. What is, uh, it's, that one is called. Go wrong? Uh, some, yeah, yeah I, I don't even know it. the name of it. It's so bad. Um, yeah, I'll find it. It's that pink one. Something was wrong. Something was wrong. It is not as good as the other trauma podcast that's way lower yeah. ranked, which that, is... That doesn't sound funny This at is all. actually happening. These aren't okay. funny. No, These are not <laughs> funny. funny. <laughs> They're not funny. I mean, the we should lighten that, up a little bit. You know? and then, and then, the yeah. other one we listen to is, uh, this is actually happening. That one is much better in terms of trauma podcasts, not nearly as high ranked, though. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that came in at, like, number 18 on the Apple list, and and... 
that was way higher than any of the podcasts we're talking about today. Okay. Yeah, maintenance phase is substantially higher than all the rest of the ones on this list. I don't know if that's because it's relatively recent or not. Because one of the weird things with these charts is if older podcasts even start sinking yeah they they just they just gradually go down like uh i mean stav apparently is putting out a new podcast now oh uh, yeah he's getting into it and he's like number two in comedy and there's absolutely no way that's true i mean the thing didn't i didn't i didn't even know it was happening yeah (laughs) um who's listening to this yeah no one i know (laughs) yeah the first time learning about it is on the (laughs) this is on the top rank yeah talking about this yeah i i learned about it from the fucking chart so yeah yeah, no it's um so you guys said there's a bunch of uh, npr stuff because like People oh, taught yeah, their people grandmas like how to use fucking, Apple No, podcasts. people like, like okay. shit like Serial and This American Life and this like lib stuff, like this true crimey kind of garbage. Yeah, true white, white women enormous. be podcasting. Yeah, yeah. 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 True crime is um, enormous. It was, not, it was not an impressive list at all, like the top stuff on there. Uh, oh, like Pod Save America, those kind of lists. White women be listening to podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Women are taking over male spaces, and it is not okay, Nicole. Oh, well, I mean, I'd be fine if the content was all right. Like I'm trying, know, like I said, at 18, that something was wrong. I, I am listening to it, and it's terrible. It's a terrible yeah. podcast. Oh, yeah, no, look, it's just like Marvel movies. Like It's not like I didn't try. Yeah. They're, te- they're bad. They're very they're bad. They're not. They're low-quality films. Like, yeah. This is... All right, well, it's like every episode, like, all right, I, I swiped right. And <laughs> then it all went down from there. No, like, that, yeah, basically, basically, yeah. you wouldn't. Oh, well, here's the other one. That, it, here's the other thing: is uh, re, like religion is just um, grooming. So all of these women get into like really abusive relationships, but then can't get out of them because like religion says to forgive people or some shit. I don't know. It's it's a bad look all the way around. No. Those podcasts go into different yeah. areas of. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. But, but aren't those aren't those just the are those the white woman version of story time? I mean, that is well, it is story time. I mean, it, that's it, for sure. Do they use the same format? How like no, how many people? No, are no, no, no. One person tells the story. Okay, there is a host, but the host doesn't say anything and just like lets this person stumble over their story in a really shitty way, missing all the important points that they should probably be pointing out. Yeah. Because like, there's no there's no humor there's nothing even helping you process what's happening which is a problem. The, the, They're this, bad. They're the, really really bad. The, this is actually happening. That one's has, a little better. It's a little better. It has kind of a host. Yeah, no. scripted. No. <laughs> like you can tell that the people telling their stories have wrote them down and thought it out. Yeah, that and, guy sounds like he's a much better task manager than the woman that runs but, that. Something when you listen to it, especially if you have like headphones on, you you feel like you're in a like confessional booth right. with this person, and they're just telling you in a monotone way their their trauma story, and it's bizarre. The effects it has on you is bizarre. Well, I mean, is there? I guess my question, I don't want to get too off topic here so that we can mm-hmm. absolutely rein it in after this. Um, but more why people it, listen to that why shit is it, than that's, what that's we my question. To. Why is it popular? I don't know. Because okay. people want to hear theory? about, you know, other people's shit. What do women listen to podcasts about? Like, Maintenance Phase came out to fill the diet thing because they're like, listen, whatever stuff you're listening to about diet is bullshit, so listen to us. And that's good. But I don't know what women, like, listen to. The women in my Facebook feed all listen to true crime. Oh, so there you go. All okay. true crime. There you go. So okay. this is this is, I guess, just true trauma. 
Yeah. Like these women haven't been killed well, from their decisions yet, but close. It's the same, almost the same thing though, because yeah. there's a perpetrator that is doing something to somebody yeah. and, yeah. you know. All right. Well, because it, you know, there's one sense that like we're all on like the, the heart of darkness journey, like collectively as a society and that yeah. we're all just kind of like making each other insane. And I think that like true crime kind of like lends itself to that, right? Because it's very much like the, the, the opposing side. Because like I guess true crime is like for like both I guess it serves both audiences, like lib and conservative women can like yes. kind of okay. geek out okay. on everyone's true afraid crime. of being murdered by their husbands. Oh, so. very good. Yeah, yeah right. it's a real concern for women because it happens a lot. Gotcha. Especially stories who end up in like evangelical settings or religious settings are very scary. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it might just be because I'm going through some things emotionally in my relationship right now, but, like, I, I, I don't... I've never been in a relationship that's felt dangerous, I guess. Like, I guess... You're that, a tall white male. Yeah. Well, I mean, but also, like, the... To, Unlike all the time. I don't understand the desire to perpetrate that on someone else either. I, I don't mean to... I mean, I'm a good guy. That's all I'm trying to say, ladies, mm-hmm. you know, who are out there. Uh, but anyway... Potentially uh, just, looking. No, just... Looking. Yeah, but, well, <laughs> I mean, the way to answer that question is, why Why do you listen to the dollop? I mean, what is? Mm. what do you get out of that? Yeah, so it is... I get. I guess that's true, right? Like the entertainment, because I find them, right? Like you know, where we go back, right? Like the, the information and the entertainment, I guess, is the point. So the desire for information about traumatic things. Yeah, um, I have a strong like desire for Personally traumatic. That, yeah. Okay, personally traumatic. Because I prefer the societally traumatic. You know, I guess that's what. I. I There's do... two different ways you can go about. It. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, ahead. I'm sorry. But yeah, I think there is there is some of the trauma thing, and and yeah, I think that's definitely like the stuff we listen to definitely takes like the societal fucking layer of that as opposed to the personal layer of that. I think that's definitely a thing. And I think, um, to your point, like I get a lot of, I get a lot out of podcasts that do both the societal thing. So you feel like, wow, all of these things that I'm seeing happening are being acknowledged by, you know, someone else in a story form. That's great. Um, and then there's the personal side of it too, which you start listening to certain certain types of traumas or people's relationship issues or whatever. And okay. then you can really kind of dive into, oh, wait a minute, I'm thinking this, maybe it's that. And it sort of opens up the, the, the pathways a little bit. Well, and I think that this, maybe if I could transition to Behind the Bastards, right? Like, I think this is where I find like Behind the Bastards kind of has, it is more like, not trauma-id, but like, you know, dr- drama and bat and and. You know, dramatic things that they're conveying, right? Like, well, so maybe he we feels get... like he's trying to traumatize the co-host well, a little okay. bit more than the other people. Absolutely, and I think like I'd like to maybe just propose that we move away from the idea of like trauma, which is like what we're actually interested in is the dramatic, right? Like, because if these are stories, right? Like, we don't define stories in terms of trauma; we define stories in terms of fucking drama, right? And if these are you know, if this is the theater of the mind that we engage in, and we should also acknowledge that, like, virtually all of these podcasts do live shows, which we can fucking talk about in a sec, like, maybe at the end of as an appendix, but, like, these are shows. So, mm-hmm. you know, the drama behind the things that are presented to us, I think, is maybe what we should, like, kind of focus well, on as well. So, okay, so the reason I would listen to all of these and get my information as opposed to some, like, lib NPR podcast is like I want a subjective narrator like I want someone who's angry I don't want someone to get to the end of the story and go gee 
what side is right yeah. we'll never know <laughs> like it's That's infuriating right. like i want someone who's fucking pissed and all yeah. these people are pretty angry right. like mm -hmm. about their topics you know that they're covering so why is behind the bastards a bad podcast <laughs> You're saying that. <laughs> I just want to know. Like, should no, I? I, mean, I can answer that question. I just want to know if anyone else has a perspective on it. It's fine. I like. It's I, not the best one. It's but. not the best one, but I, you know, like if it's someone that's interesting, I will listen to it. Like, it's it's okay, fun. Evans is a writer. Yeah, like, that's he the is. problem. Ultimately, he is. The problem. yeah. It's yeah. also what's best about it. Okay, so what do you mean? Well, I, yes, I agree. That's, that's what I'm saying. He. He's a writer. Right. Like he writes, and when he's reading his own shit, he's perfectly good at doing that. But then the conversation happens, and right. that's that's where that podcast falls apart. So um, you said when someone's interesting on Nicole, what did you mean by that? Oh no, like uh, you know, because there's like a p person essentially that they cover each week. Gotcha. So I don't know, like you know, some weeks it might not be someone I'm interested. Like I wasn't interested in hearing about the worst Bonaparte last week, so I didn't listen to last week's. You know, behind the bastards. The worst. We found who? it by the Bonaparte. Napoleon the Third. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, he rocks. <laughs> Napoleon the Third kicks. Oh shit! I'm actually going back and listen. Yeah, there you go. It's a, it's a two parter. Oh, even better. Oh yeah, Napoleon the Third. Almost all the Behind the Bastards are multi parts. Well, now. there's a Tuesday. A them, it's yeah. a Tuesday Thursday, so they try to get them to like cover okay. span the week unless there's yeah, something silly going on. I didn't think they were. I was surprised on. to see that when I was looking through. Yeah. Because yeah. they used to not be. Alex that way. Jones has like the only three parter outside of Kissinger, which is a four parter. Uh, I want to I want to put a pin in that one because I want to discuss that specifically. But oh, Lou, you were yeah. gonna say something about. Just kidding. All right, no, I lied. Uh, I thought you were about. No. no, I've got it. So I got it. No, I. Behind uh, the Bastards is good, right? Like I like it. Um, I I've enjoyed a lot of. It. Uh, so you're wrong on the multiplayer because the my favorite Behind the Bastards is the Elron Hubbard. That's a That's quality one too. That's, That's a, a good one, one too. <laughs> really, and it's also like so. This is I. Go ahead. Yeah. No. Oh, I was say we discovered him by looking up when we the movie crew was doing um, Steven Seagal, Steven Seagal movies. movies. Oh, yeah. That's I how found I found it, it on some like podcast archive site. Going, wow, there's a weird podcast that did the multi part on Steven Seagal. That was a great series. Yeah, that was, that a was great pretty good. That was good stuff. And um, I agree. And ironically, too, that their episode of Steven Seagal is better than the dollop episodes on Steven Seagal. It, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was actually. That, um, that's been an interesting. Every once in a while, there's someone at a very high level does something really shitty, like uh, Sam Bankman Freed coming down. I, I've got this amazing cross section where every podcast I have has a take on it. <laughs> okay. So I, okay. I, I can, like, rank. Every FTX take in my entire that roster. That sounds at the good. Same time. Yeah, I'd like to know the ranking on that. Yeah. Well, be, yeah. Uh, has Truanon come out with one? Because they yes, they did already. Yeah. Oh yeah, because they they were actually well yeah, versed it's in that. Too. Yeah, they're well versed in that topic as well. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, they'd be. Good I love a good crypto fall story. Yeah. Oh man. So does every fucking yeah. person I do, I listen to. I love it. When, I love it when rich people fail. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, no, so the behind the bastards. I think the the the. So I have unsubscribed on behind the bastards because I had a big calling because I. He was subscribed to like maybe like 200 podcasts. And okay, that is a lot. Well, I never listened to them. You know, like it's yeah. they were literally in the way while I'm trying to like find. The I'm ones still I having that to. problem yeah. after my call. So yeah. So I um so I got rid of it, and the real problem I had with Behind the Bastards, and you know, as you know, I've joked before about you know Behind the Book Report is what I call Behind the Bastards <laughs> as a podcast yeah. because the the problem is the rotating host. Like I find that the you know, that it is, it feels very much that someone reading a book report to another person and then Robert Evans going like, yeah, and, and, and he had almost 60 rape victims in, uh, it's estimated in every year he was in charge. 
that is a lot of the, the yeah that is the there you go that's, that is yeah, no yeah. it is it is but the thing is he has like the same kind of rotation of people so I do actually like some of the people that regularly <laughs> show up like I like Jamie Loftus yeah, I'll listen yeah. to her mini podcast sodes because we spun off into yeah. her podcast that were very interesting on, yeah like, Mensa she usually does yeah one. she does like a like does like little six to eight episode like mini series podcasts that are pretty good well, um, and I like that Sophia Alexandra girl the like really the trashy the Ukrainian home. girl, and she has a sex podcast that I listen to occasionally. Well, but once again, repeat guests. Yes, right? like the, the repeat ones. Yeah, build the rapport, build the timing, and also claim space because you, you know, like if you view it as like our podcast, like Jordan, Dan, um, you know, the other co-hosts, right? Like they can interrupt the host. Yeah, right. Like they can interrupt the storytelling. Like, I got fucking you know. In fact, those can be some of the best times when it's like you know, put put let's put a pin in that. You know, like <laughs> yeah. He did. Uh, he did what during a magic rite se- seance? You know, like you know, you yeah. can like interrupt those things and um, and claim that space, and also to have the comedic timing behind that. And that I think is really crucial because Robert Evans, as you know, as a as not a, a comedian, not a comedian, but like in the in the age of you know being an internet writer, right? Like writes very good, um, yeah, scripts, yeah, and um, he conveys information very effectively, and um, also has also has the right perspective on it. So it always helps as <laughs> yeah, well. Like, yeah. um, so. That is, I think, like the best thing that makes and uh, you know makes behind the bastards and all, all you know all power to him and all the success as well, right? It's just not for me, and that's perfectly fine. But that, that I think, to well, me what's nice is that there it. is options. Like you know, you can find you, you could find like you know something that covers the niche weird shit that you want to listen to yeah, now. Absolutely. You know, which wasn't the case like ten years ago yeah. when as we long were as stuck to a- listening to Rogan. Yeah. As long as it's a cab leftism, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah. I listen, yeah you well, can turn the dial. Just a tiny bit yeah. in any direction you want. That's fine. I That's listen fine. for the stories. I listen for the information, which is why I don't like the dollop as much because it's right. not—it's not as well presented. It's yep. not as well written. Yep. And the comedy to me is just is like a little trite on my side. You know, I was kind of listening today, and I was just like. It's just two dudes laughing at each other. Yeah. Like, that's it. But I understand if that's what you Peak want out of it. comedy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. No, I would. But, like, some of the best. Like, I would recommend if you've not done the Gregor McGregor, because that's a studio one. Like, Lord Gordon Gordon is a live one. So, the, like. They've been doing this a long time. 600 they have a plus lot episodes, of yeah. episodes. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, they've I definitely got some bangers in there. Yeah. yeah. The whole reason I wanted to do this review, um, aside from testing out. Uh, the recording studio again more than once every four months um the only one of these podcasts i'm currently subscribed to is knowledge fight um i used to be subscribed to all of them except for maintenance phase just because i wasn't aware of maintenance phase it hasn't been around that long yeah uh and i'm still holding on to knowledge fight and i wanted to dissect what i enjoy about it and what is making me come back to it in a way that because i i had the dollop on my rotation for a very long time behind the bastards lasted a handful of months so did well there's your problem um it's (laughs) there's some there there's clearly something different about knowledge fight and what's funny is i mean to the point that's already been made i don't and we know this by direct replacement theory um when gareth and dave were on knowledge fight gareth is much sharper mm-hmm. on the commentary yeah. than than Jordan is. Jordan is excitable and that's fun, but like if you need if you need the the color commentary to be actually colorful, Gareth is clearly better at that. But I go back to knowledge fight instead mm-hmm. instead of going to the Talib. You love listening to Alex Jones, and that ultimately, I think, unfortunately, is the answer. It is quite 
It is quite it's simply that I like I like listening to Alex Jones a lot. Um, <laughs> the guy the guy is supremely talented at ranting. That's why they cover him. <laughs> and I just because they always talk about why they don't cover any other conspiracy laden right wing shithead because they're all boring. No, I, I come for the commentary, but I stay for the ad pivots. I really that's what's <laughs> me and the Alex Jones story. <laughs> Yeah. Just, yeah. The contextless drops. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like Dan is endearing. I do like I do like listening to Dan talk about stuff. But I I'm also allergic to the warm blanket syndrome that a lot of critique tends to have, where it's it's such a punching bag thing. It's not hard with a lot of these people. Like obviously Alex Jones is wrong pretty much constantly, so it's it's fairly easy to construct a three hour podcast of just like beating the shit out of him. Especially when Alex Jones creates so much content. Yeah, no, yeah. To... <laughs> like it's 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 per, it's a perfect match. Mm-hmm. You know, if if Infowars really does go down, Dan Dan should should bring him on for uh, you know they should do a duo <laughs> podcast where he, it's just real time. Can you ombudsman. imagine that? <laughs> that would be look. They have to have already considered it at some level now that they are both aware of each other. Well, um, I mean, I think you know, for me, knowledge fight serves i think like two or three main things right like one is a perspective on like right wing communication that like you know we are we isolate we are isolated from and i think that's true right like not in the sense that like you wouldn't you don't really get that perspective from like mainstream sources although you do get like you know like the basically the the capitalist apologism that like exists in our society Ugh. but like you know the the specifically the religious side that like the one one third of the country just fucking marinates in constantly Mm -hmm. like we miss out on that a lot and you know my read like my rediscovery of that like kind of like halfway through the the decade you know with trump um was like looking in investigating and like what the fuck are these people like talking about right like how how can you you know how how does someone who purports to be pious um you know validate trump in their minds and so like when i like was like reviewing and listening to radio shows and podcasts about this as well. Like, um, you know, you find that there is this like aura and I just want to give you good news is that you guys don't have to do that because Alex Jones really has a powerful fucking, um, you know, he's tapped into the main feed of that. Right. And so like his expression, I think you are getting, while it is ridiculous in some sense, you are getting, I think you you can gain an understanding of what like one third of the country thinks about the country by listening. Yeah, no, to it's Jones. a great way to keep tabs on yeah. on yeah. on what kind of narratives are going around those circles. I just I mean I want mean, to I want to express like the fear in my voice when I say that because <laughs> yeah. like yes. like yes. you can't like yeah. I think that it, having listened to Alex Jones and or Knowledge Fight and and having the knowledge and the language and the mythos, if you will, of like that world, like you could, we could have a conversation. Well, I don't think it would be hard for us, like any of us to like have a conversation with like a cashier who is like talking about like the Illuminati or the globalists. I don't think you can exclude uh, QAA from that conversation necessarily when you're talking about the effect of right wing. There's, there's a few, they don't follow this format, but there is, there is some great, I listen to a number of right wing debunking podcasts, Mm -hmm. not just knowledge fight, but Mm -hmm. knowledge fight was the only one that fit this format. The other ones are more ensemble casts. I think QAA is a solid, solid. Dave Anthony has guest, guested on a great episode. It's about Q-pilled actor, Jim Caviezel. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I think the other thing with the knowledge fight is that like, Unfortunately, it is insanely fucking topical, right? Like, mm-hmm. having started early on with Knowledge Fight, and now, I mean, 
it is essential listening yes. <laughs> to like a, to like a, to understand yeah. where the country is going. Yeah. Well, but it bisects like everything so much that's bizarrely fucking in the news right yeah. now, right? Like his trial is like redefining, um, you know, free sp- whether we like it or not. Defamation it is fucking. And... It is clarifying or, or defining free speech in our society and the responsibility of someone's content and the effect that it has on the world. Um, you know, um, social media and ownership and public utilities and free speech questions along with that. He's fucking right in the middle of that as well. Um, Kanye West, he's right in the middle right of that. Middle. Like, this is, like, bizarre that, like... Well, these people know how to take advantage of these things that prop them up. It And it is insane that it has, like, become mainstream, right? Like, like yeah. Trump, uh, this is, I think, one of the weirdest things about, QAnon like... QAnon news became the news. Yeah, yes. and it has. And I think this is one of, like, the weirdest things that, like, Trump has done... To the world is that at least for myself, and I think it demonstrates by the popularity of these things is that like, you know, like the 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 civility, like the mask has been either removed or we've been able to like see the other side of what's on the, under, on the other side of the mask, and um, you know, Alex Jones is there, and now we're know? stuck with these people. Like, yeah. what do we do? That's the thing, right? Like, and where will not like I think the core thing then is is like, what is or what comes after this, right? Will this have like a, like like radio? Will this have like an eighty year dominance of let's like you know, podcasts and his subject matter and this type of thing will, will reign supreme for this, uh, for this, uh, for this, you know, uh, century. Um, I don't know. And I think that it is crucial to ask, like, you know, why is, you know, like what we're doing here, like, is like, why is it popular? Why do we enjoy it? And which, I like listening to stuff like a lot and I prefer it to be nonfiction. So I, I keep trying to podcasts just like all day to keep the chatter down. Mostly I I keep trying to listen to audiobooks, and you know, for as much as I want to believe it's like Marvel movies, as much as I want to believe I keep giving them a shot. Ryan, there's so many bad books. Oh yes. There's so many bad books. I fall asleep to audiobooks. That's what they're just like. I just like, seriously, I I need something to, you know, yeah. Quiet the chatter in my head when I, at night, and we just put an audio book on because it's it's, not... it's got re- it's got the responsible way of conveying information. And who wants that? Who no, wants that? But that's like even give me it's... a badly written script and a in a mid rank failed comedian. Like put I those just... two together. A cap. <laughs> yeah, I just like I I feel like there's there's something there's got to be somewhere between those two, and we're gonna figure it out someday. But we haven't done it yet. Like I, there's got to be extended story of time somewhere. It's every vault. Ought to be there. I don't. Well, because like, there's some like there is a rigor that none of these podcasts have that a book could have. Uh, but no one, no one is bridging that gap. The closest you get is long form interviews of authors on podcasts, which, to be fair, are one of my favorite. Okay, because Michael Hobbs just started a podcast reviewing all of the really bad airport books. In I the don't last need 20 that. Years. I know they suck. Yeah. I read them myself. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I read, read all them? of Gladwell's yeah. books. Yeah, like, he, that was the second I, episode. Was Gladwell? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking horse. Like, yeah. Like, I know. I know that. And that's the thing. I'm okay with sloppy journalism about J. PL because some people are insane and it's fun to hear their story about things. I, but like on topics that I like care about, I want the more, I want the more extended format and the podcast just don't quite give it to me. Right. We have a transmission coming in. Oh, hello.
Yeah, I don't know. I like I like interviews, even serious ones, with people who aren't necessarily very funny. Like I I don't know if any of you are familiar with Econ Talk, but um, it's it's hosted by who is uh, a guy who is he used to be a um, not a Stanford or no, I guess he was a Stanford economist, like a Hayek school economist who's now a principal at a liberal arts university in Israel, um, which is not like my specific political leanings but he gets a lot of good people on the podcast and they all and he, he only interviews people who write books okay and he actually reads those books so he knows what to talk about with those people that's important like and that's you know he so he's putting in the due diligence to ask really weird questions because uh, he's a high so you need like a book club where they just podcast form the book for you i sort like i don't know exactly what i'm looking for okay, there. okay. like it's fine for knowledge fight i think knowledge fight is about as good as that format could be because there's just no one there's no one else i need in the room besides you know i, I I'm just looking for an edited InfoWars episode, and that's exactly what I get. So, mm -hmm. you know, that that works. Um, and I unsubscribed to all the other ones, so clearly they're not doing what I want for me. I no. Don't, I don't know. So well, you want a conversation with somebody, or would you want, like... If, if I'm going to... You mentioned audiobooks. Yeah. So would but, it be like a multi-part... Like podcast series but then but the then suddenly yeah those exist mm -hmm. like these these things all exist and that comes back to my my constant challenge is like what is the relevance of the information i just like I, you know what am i learning i mean ryan i will take your point that the dollop can be informative if only on an emotional level about you know a lot of american history but i don't know i don't know what i'm actually taking from it oh this is this is the weird hang-up i'm getting well i think these. i think you know like the particular topics become, you know, like conveys information. Like I said, and there's things that you like you didn't know and don't know, but it's it's all in what you. So for me, right, like I the the particular interest that I have and the ways that I think it helps inform, you know, what I'm good at, um, which is apparently like talking to people and conveying information, you know, and like I'm, I'm turning out to be a decent labor organizer, um, but like a lot of it is. I think the challenge in something like that is like sincerely and openly listening and trying to find ways to connect with what you're listening to. And I, what podcasts and my desire to like tap into like the id of what I'm looking at. And I also love history, not for like the facts and information. Like this is like what I keep conveying to people is like, I don't give a shit about fact. I mean, I can know a lot of facts and timelines and histories and stuff like that, but like the key thing that you need to take away from history is what were people thinking about when they were going through the things you're learning about. And I think that like the dollop does a good job of kind of like conveying the headspace of the world and of America. And from that you pull out both the, you know, identifying what could allow someone to think that like, you know, Haley's Comet was, you know, had cyanide in it and that when the world passed through it, we were all going to, you know, to die of cyanide poisoning. And it was like a, a huge, massive panic. And right. Like we love panics. But like, once people, again, there is something we, what we do well, but it's all we fucking do. Compare that to like the interdimensional demons that running are uh, running massive pedophile rings and wanting to like kidnap you and your children. Like, these are all moral panics. Like, there is continuity in these things. Yeah. And I, that it's not necessarily relevant, but like you have to inoculate yourself against what is consistently reoccurring, I think, within American society mm -hmm. writ large, but then also perhaps within a wider strike within humanity. So, you know, when you have a job that like you're forced to, you're forced to interact with new people who 
are different from you. Like you have to, you have to be able to skip your needle on the record of your ability to communicate with humanity really quickly. And I like history and how I am able to best do that, I believe, is by listening to history, uh, to listening to the id of fucking podcasts and YouTube channels that are like putting this out there, right? Because like part of the best thing about podcasts is that they're not radio. They're, they're, they're always underprepared and they're always, in a sense, thrown together and just about as shabbily done as they can be. Um, and in that sense, they're more, they're much more honest than radio. And I think that's my last point about why it's better than radio is that podcasts are fucking honest, man. Like you can't get around that fact. They are more honest about the creators, about their viewpoints, about the way they approach things. And that is titillating and it's stimulating as well, right? Like when something's hugely prepared, if I'm not wanting to marinate and live and exist within like a Tolstoy novel, which is a fucking 32 hour, you know, audio book, <laughs> right? Like you have to want to be in that headspace. And if you don't want to be there, it's like, yeah, it's fucking like, yeah. it, 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 it can be gleaned over and it can, through its consistency and, and, pre- and preparedness, become that like theta state where our minds can just like, all right, you know, like now we're easing into it, you know, like now we're hitting, I'm, 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 I'm sinking down into the hot bath now, you know? <laughs> um, and that's like where, um, you know, we, I think we have to kind of like diagram these things and understand them as well. And, um, I take away from that. And like all these podcasts I find like very valuable and useful and fun and interesting and oh yeah, like provides context. Absolutely. Cause like, like I said, yeah, Yay like podcasts. All are, yeah, all these are good. All these are really good. Old. I know. I was using my wrapping up tone there. I apologize. Oh no! I I, mean, I don't know how long we've been in here. Yeah, an hour. Okay. Roughly. Uh, yeah. I mean, we covered all the things that I uh, I had listed here anyway. Oh, aside from the last question, how hard could it be? So, um, <laughs> can you write a book well, report? Yeah, what? someone needs to write a book report, and someone needs to be a failed comedian yeah. who wants I, who's doing this. So, if we were, I you know, we're doing the film projects, but like, I I'd be. I'd be happy to do the book report kind of thing on these kind of things. Right. Like, well, we again, to, I mean, are we segueing to like wanting to try this out? Or? Yeah, I mean, I don't know why not. It's a popular enough format. Um, uh, the question is, so you're okay being the pedant? I think, well, if we're doing an experiment, we should rotate, in my view. Okay. And if I, can, I, think I, could, I think I could come we up with all, something we first. We try all right. different Very good. parts. Yeah, throw it around. Okay. Pick it up. See if I think of a topic I'd want to tell one of you jabronis about. Yeah. Well, there's plenty to go around. Oh, that's I right. Hear. We'd have to. Is it is it two p? Is it two two man two man format? Two. Oh shit. Only two. We can have a producer. We'll have someone in the third chair to watch on the, the ones levels. And t- on the ones but and twos. Keep right. things on task. You have to, You can't have. Th- you gotta have. Just take the mic off of me. For a yeah. While. <laughs> yeah. I'll be back here laughing well, at y'all. Yeah. You need. You need information and you need color. Those okay. You're only two. All right. Well, then I think, you know, picking your partner should help pick the topic as well, I think, right? Like, that's okay. Well, the partner's supposed to not know anything about that but, topic. But the person doing the topic knows the person they're going to be with. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The other option yeah. is we do it randomly. We just, like, pull names out of a hat. Oh, that would be weird because I'd imagine it's better if you're mildly invested in your topic somehow. Yeah. So, like, with David. It's a harder to yeah. research something you're not interested in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we want to really keep a book report aspect to it. <laughs> I'm just saying, we might as well experiment. If we're going to be listening to all these stupid things, we might as well might as well move into that territory. Okay. And again, it can't be that hard. Look at all these people doing it all the time. They're not even good at it's it. It's like five podcasts we yeah. mentioned. Yeah, exactly. How hard could it be? 
Um, we already covered right-wing versions of this format. That's fine. There's there's none, right? Yeah, it's because they all still listen. Um, hierarchy still bleeds to the top, so the there's still they radio format. Yeah, aren't they, they still they still own AM radio, mm-hmm. so they they That's just the listen format. to Hannity yep. yeah. for five hours a day instead of listening to five different podcasts for an hour apiece. Well, and you know, they're also any there, there is a kind of like the anti intellectual streak from this. So like listening to some like the really rough stuff, you know, like because what Posobiec. Fuentes. Um, I mean, Shapiro's to... podcast is mildly popular. Shapiro. It's about on par with where Behind the Bastards gets a little, well, little No, it. Shapiro's ratings oh, no, are No, his great. ratings are much good. higher. Okay. Yeah. But He's also like in the top 20. Like for all. his podcast. Yeah. Is his podcast just his show or does he have a separate, I don't even know. It's probably just him sitting there being whiny. Well, what's the, um, the Weinsteins? Or did, I oh didn't listen God. to their oh God. Yeah. Weinstein stuff. but they're not but they're not funny right like they're like they're just chatty they're chatty right like, yeah and here's what's interesting about the Weinsteins is there was a point in time before they jumped the shark like Joe Rogan jumped the shark and yeah. a lot of these other folks jumped the shark so there's a point in time where there were reasonable people with reasonable gripes about things right and then the pandemic came and immediately they just became anti-cancel culture woke like fucking right. anti-woke warriors and everything is out to get them right. and you know, the system wants to shut them down because they have all these silly ideas. It's really weird. So my... That's the problem is all the right-wing podcast yeah. hosts have that same victim mentality. Yes. So it's... Well, they're anti-intellectual, right? Like, yeah. The, yeah. Like, the point isn't to, like, actually know something with any rigor, right? The point is to have the correct opinion about it. Yeah. And that, I mean, and leftists, I mean, I mean, I agree as well, but, like... You need, you know, part of being a leftist is you have to know the facts. I'm a materialist. Yeah, exactly. right? You need to know the effect it has on the world. Well, yeah. I don't, so I I don't know if that's true within the purview of podcasts, even for right-wing podcasts. Because the two that I'm recognizing here at the top, the three that I'm recognizing here, are Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh, and Jordan oh, Peterson. Mm-hmm. And Sam Friedman. All- is, or Lex Friedman, whatever that Lex guy's name is. Lex Friedman's up he there, also, yeah. Okay, I, yeah. I don't know yeah. all my names. He's some these, neocon. These people, but these, these people are not... These people are not Hannity. They are all, no. they're all dark web yeah, intellectuals. Yeah, dark web so, folks, yeah. like this, they are putting on that facade. Um, well, and, and it's too important to make fun of it, right? Like, because like, also, this is the thing, you can tell these people have no real confidence because they can't be funny about it, right? Like, that's Oh, no, the Matt issue. Walsh is so offended by trans people. It's like his entire identity at this point. But he can't have his own views laughed at or no. mocked or oh, no, or no, even, no. Yeah, even for the sake no. of a good joke. You're canceling him if, yeah, yeah, if you do yeah. that. Yeah. They take everything way too fucking serious. I mean, maybe the answer is that all all points on this chart that we're making between right, left wing, funny, unfunny, maybe it is actually all covered. Maybe you, maybe that stuff does actually all exist, and we're just in the left funny corner. Like, could be. I mean, because it's not. I don't know. I don't know. No, there's. There, I mean, there is something in the in you know because the what is it the, the reactionary mind that text you know like there, you know there are areas of the brain that like conservatism you know like inherently appeals to right like and you know part of it is like that white woman kind of mentality uh you know when it comes to podcasts but also like that you know it it's what it what it stimulates within the brain is not exactly conducive to like like i said like things like confidence things like you know the the artistry and the imagination and the and the desire to you know be able to reconcile um excuse me not to reconcile but to like recognize when things don't reconcile and to like be able to like choose one side or the other with that right like the the conservative mind is a is a melding mind right like it pushes things together and it, whatever it excludes it can't ever 
like you know no object yeah, 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 yeah no object no, they can't permanence. accept it and that's a tenuous place to be right that's why they that's why they have to find enemies all the time because they can't stand on their own mm-hmm. and just enjoy it and make fun of it and and, and know you're right well, yeah they seem to lack the self-deprecating here like humor that the left just like can't get out from under well and I, that's the worst well, part you, of the left right? we can see the absurdity in it all and I feel like they don't. You know what I mean? Well, well but it's also the worst part of the left. Is that's that gener- like that's that's highly generalized? Well, that's, that's I was wrong. gonna say. That's yeah. th- that depends on who you're talking to. There yeah. are a lot of extremely humorless leftists. No, yes. I know, I know. Fair, yeah. fair. No, and this is what I was saying. The the demand to be taken seriously is like the is like just the worst thing. Yeah, like, it's, bad on, like, it's yeah. bad on both I sides. It's bad on both sides. I demand to be taken seriously. Like, okay, yeah. all right. I know who I'm dealing with now. Well, and that that gets back to not the Kissinger point, but the um. The Kanye. Did everyone here listen to the? Did you manage to get through yes. the Kanye episode yes. already? Yes. Yeah. So, Jesus. so I didn't really like, and this is partially just because the format isn't conducive to it. It's not entirely Dan's fault, but I don't. I don't really like the way that they read that conversation. I mean, Kanye can, you know, say whatever he. He's not trying to be consistent. He is trying to assert power yeah. on a platform of other power. Like this is these situations are not that hard to read, and there is there is a leftist obsession that these dark web intellectual types um, uh, get trapped in. It, the content is not the message. Mm-hmm. Like what what Kanye is saying, whether it has any effect on the real world or not, is not why he's saying it. He's not you know he's not claiming that the Jews are you know some conspiratorial cabal and the Holocaust didn't happen. Like he doesn't. He doesn't believe that in the way that no, people believe factual things. No, yeah, he's saying that as he's, a, he's saying that as a contrarian. He's like, saying that as a flex. Yeah, he's saying that because he's allowed to get away with saying it on yeah. Alex's platform. Yeah, like that's and that's why that's why that that podcast is actually one of my least favorites in a while because I don't like when Alex is in that situation. Because he can't rant the way that he's oh, he used to neutered, ranting. Man. He was oh, neutered. He doesn't, totally neutered. Because he doesn't have the power. And that's actually what makes the depositions funny. Because he, um, it's what makes them such a fascinating article. Because Alex has no formalized authority in the depositions. He can be interrupted. He has, you know, he doesn't have to speak the truth. But the truth can be conveyed back to him. But he is still in an internal mind space of authority and that that juxtaposition is fascinating to he never to leaves that he never he's leaves that he space. always yeah. he's always condescending despite being in a position of formal subservience yeah. to the um to yep. the plaintiff's lawyer and he just the, the fact that he is not acknowledging that in real time makes those just riveting to listen to. Oh no, the formula in the, the face of heavy consequence too. He yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, but it doesn't. It just doesn't face him. Like yeah. he's simply yeah. in that mode. Yep. Oh, formulae objections are some of the best things in podcasting. I've listened to all of them two to three times. It's it's. It's so, amazing. It's yeah. so fascinating to listen to someone in that position, and it had it had extremely real life consequences. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it still it still is happening. But, it, but unless you have yay in the room, Alex is not going to actually change the way he behaves. No, he will simply he will simply bulldoze. He will be in charge. But he's a star well, fucker. So if yes. you can get somebody bigger than him, he will appropriate. Yeah. He'll try to keep them on message because. If anything, he knows how to thread the needle he needs to. No, but that's that's the thing. But he does like, have a limit. His yeah. power has a yeah. limit. He's yeah. not allowed to deny the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's got a yeah. line, and he knows his line. Listen to me. He knows the needle he's supposed to be threading, because he's there on pure grift, where Kanye is some sort of 
true believing, you know, no, narcissist. No, I don't. Th- that's the thing. I don't. Narciss- like, narcissist, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, like, I don't mean true believer and like he's believing what he's saying, but what I'm saying is he's not coming in here like just pulling off a grift. Like, he's coming in here like believing he he's, has a message. He's the culmination of the self esteem yes. movement. Yes. Yeah. He has brought it all together. Yeah. He is all of those kids that were supposed to believe in themselves. They all granted his granted him this power spirit bomb style <laughs> and now he uh and now he's using it for you for know to bad. be a, to be a douchebag anywhere he can get away with it. I mean there's other elements to his story that are mildly interesting. The mental health elements in it are mildly interesting to me. Eh, um I guess. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. He seems pretty boring. I don't I don't, know. <laughs> I, don't I, I don't find it very interesting. I, I think he was saying some interesting things. I'm going to look, start looking into these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah very, very good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, like, so back to the Alex and the Kanye thing, right? Like, one of the things, like, having reinvested in institutional management, because, like, I realize between, like, working construction and then, like, being a professor, like, I've never actually been involved in any sort of bureaucracy before, right? Like, you can, like, uh. avoid all of it. And construction management has its own bugaboos where you know, it's essentially man culture and things like that. But at the same time, like everyone's responsible for like the job because each construction job is like very narrowly defined when you have to like, when you're like a painter and you have to, you are in like a bank, like there's other things going on, but you're focused on your thing. So everything's objective driven. Whereas like, you know, being a professor is not the real job. So no, there's no oversight. Yeah. And then, so then, right, but, like, you know, through the union now, like, having to, like, engage as equals in management on, like, in meetings where we involve each other, right, like, it is so much where these people gain power and by simply refusing to give any ground on anything at any time. That's like, a Republican that, game. That, it, it, and this is, of course, where, like, I don't know. I'm I'm continually fascinated when I every time I interact with it because it's very much like the Alex Jones thing, where like you, you even if you present them with the opposite, they will never admit mm-hmm. in the room at that time. Who's like, in charge? Who's fucking in charge in the conversation? Like you get to dictate the terms if you're in charge, yeah. and that's what they're doing. Yeah. Like it's not you can't bring facts don't have power. Like they're not what's dictating what's going on around you. Well, it is the relationship between you and the person you're talking to. So this is the f- okay. So one of the things I found is like the interruption. Like uh, I don't know if you would deal with this, Lou, right? But like who gets to interrupt who in a yep. conversation? Yep. Um, so I don't like being interrupted, and especially in those moments, like it's you guys are probably giving away. Hope, hope nobody's listening. Um, <laughs> but like, like in the when I'm in. The, these meetings with, with management, with the, like I talk much slower, I talk mm-hmm. much more deliberately, and I do not like to be interrupted. And you like maintaining that evenness when like someone who is normally used to, because like you'll have the worker like right next to you, and mm-hmm. I like this happens every meeting when, when I meet someone when I rep someone for the first time. They're like, I'm like, yeah, are they usually like that? And they're like, what the fuck, man? Like how do like, <laughs> like what is going on? Like they're just, she is like. Like, that's why they, you know, like now it becomes like they want like, hey, can you be like in every meeting with my boss? And like, no, no, unfortunately I can't. But like, it is odd um, because those people are like, I, I don't want to believe this, but like, like these people are just bullies. Yes. Like, oh, yes. Honest to God, oh, yes, like, they 100%. are. They're bullies. Yes. Yep. And I've, I have met, it is only stark because I've only met two examples in this game that are the exception that proves the rule, right? Mm-hmm. Like where someone actually has leadership skills mm-hmm. and capabilities and is 
you know, like a human being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's actually rather striking. And yeah. um and yeah, Alex is not a human being, right? Like, no. you know, absolutely not. Like in any way. Kanye West becoming less and less a human being as time Kanye goes on. hasn't been a human Yeah, he's been for an alien for a while. Yeah, he's been yeah. an alien for a while. Yeah. See my my conversations at my job have, have less consequence than yours. Right. Right. It's it's technical driven, it's it's yeah, project construction, driven. right? Like, yes. yeah, yeah, yes. fucking, we have like this server but, needs to get up or whatever, right? Like, but you know, there is a level of when there are consequences on the line, mm-hmm. that's when that power struggle starts to show itself, right? You know, when, for instance, we talk with um, an external, well, this is going to get into the weeds. I apologize. Um, <laughs> Uh, like a a pen testing group. They they come in and do a penetration test on our network to see what, where the holes are and what's exploitable and what we should do, make recommendations. uh, 18 plus warning, please. Oh, geez. Um, And and, and the problem is, is we pay good money for those tests. And um, so because we pay good good money, because we pay good money for those tests, uh, they make it up to upper management, Mm -hmm. the results. Right. So it's, we, we had to be very careful what those results say gotcha. and what they are, because we don't need to start shit storms over, you know, relatively not, you know, not yes. important things. That's when somebody's sitting there going, here's our findings. And we, we have to go, whoa, 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 time out. How yeah. bad is that? Because you're making it seem like it's a critical and that word is not good for upper management. We want it to be a medium or low medium. Yeah. And you start talking like that, you know, gotcha. and yeah. it gets into the weeds, the technical weeds. But 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 and that's because the facts are not the important part. It is yeah. the relationship between the person conveying yeah. the information and the person receiving it. like yeah. that. It, that's right. It dictates everything yeah. at the top. Mm-hmm. So no, got, you're very right. Yeah. So I've got more yeah. meetings with those coming up, so I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> nice. No, and if you talk calmly and you, and specifically the, the calm tone probably works because they think you know something. Yeah. Like that's a very easy thing to get away with in a meeting like that. I've been watching a lot of Mad Men, so. <laughs> oh boy, here you know, we go. I've been watching a little Dom Draper, so you take a relaxed pose, you listen, and um, like this is the thing that. You know, like you, you all knowing me and my like my my personal life. When you have to put on the performance, like, I uh, like eye contact is incredibly powerful stuff. Like it's very strange. Like and it's weird when you have the focus to be able to maintain it. Realizing, and this is when we used to play poker, right? Like mm-hmm. you could always tell. Like I didn't know what anyone cards had, but what you can get good at is knowing or figuring out when someone looks at you whether or not they want you to call them or they want you to fold. Okay. And like, those are like the best like things. So you can like look at someone and just hold on that I square. And then like who loses? It's an actual staring contest. And you know, when you're just talking and working things out and you're wanting to hold that when they break that moment mm-hmm. is when you start to learn something. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And most people are like so stupid and uh, bad at it. Like when you're just dealing with a fucking hedgehog, um, you know, when you finally bop them on the nose and they stop burrowing, like, you're like, oh, like, I've clearly hit on something here. Like, let's investigate this. So it's fun. I recommend it. You should become labor organizers. Dolp, catch it. I need to practice interacting or being near people first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have a good shadow. <laughs> good shadow. I'm done. Or actually, I need to pee. So. I, I, <laughs> one way or the other, that's fine. One We've way. definitely covered the topic, so. Woo. Okay, so... Hope Next time we'll make it try our own. What? Yeah, book no report. Idea. Book report format. <laughs> we can figure that out. Well, I took. Are we I, supposed to podcast about making movies? Sure. Nicole, debrief, film two, go. Oh wow. Um, 
This is how much prep time Ryan got, so you're good. So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah okay. give him my debrief. Oh, from film two. I know we've already yep. moved on to film film three. And four. four so, yeah. yeah, it's it's tough when everyone is acting and there's no one not in scenes. That's definitely tough. More hired hands. Yeah. Yep. Capable hands. Yeah, so the more complicated things, you're really going to have to get more people, and I don't know how that's going to work ultimately, but... It, it is hard to have everyone in the the scene. Yeah, that was that was a bit of an ask. It being outside made that twice as mm-hmm. obnoxious. So I'm hoping I'm hoping the next one being indoors will help with that a yeah, little that, bit. That should help. That should help. Um, it's hard yeah, to cover I, the areas uh, that are needed, like the technical area and then the <laughs> you know scripts kind of coaching or whatever area yeah, so yeah. support. Well, I guess we didn't have. Luckily, we didn't have a lot of shots to set up, so we didn't have to like you know having like the eye. But but still, it makes things difficult. Yeah. I think yeah, I think having building a little soundstage will be a better experience. Yeah. I'm experimenting with how to accomplish that, buying various noise isolating blankets. Well, I mean, you did. You you guys did not help us in your choice of like material for the walls in the workshop. The color of the walls what? in the workshop. Greens, they're already green screen. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Uh huh. More than that. Have we done any tests on this? Because I'd like to see the results. Look, as long as you don't wear green, we can key it out. It's fine. That's my favorite color. <laughs> yeah, well. You aren't making your costume decisions. So. Yeah, I... Even better. I, yeah. By yeah. your own... Um, it's not fiat. That's not the word. What is the... Discretion? No, there's better a word part of for valor. it. It's... Uh, I don't remember what the word is. Anyway, so I yeah. Any other shoot. notes on film two? Um... You just sit sit and watch that that one again. Um, yeah, like B roll is so important yes, yes. as well, and it's hard to. That's something I try to remember because you guys are more involved in talking. Well, this is about, also yeah. when everyone's in the scene. It's really hard to yeah. get B roll and stuff yes. like that. But yeah. that seems to have been like we wouldn't have been able to put film two together without what little B roll we had of of a few of those scenes. Yeah, just quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, that last, especially the last section would have been much more limited in what we were able to do. I mean, yeah, this would have ended sooner, but I wanted. I was happy that we were able to extend it to the amount that we did because mm-hmm. I think looking. I don't know. So. I don't know what you guys think of the content of it, but like watching that first clip when it was all put together, I was I was fucking moved, man. I was really happy with the result. Um, I think that it you know conveys what it is what it conveys <laughs> to a certain extent. I mean, I'm a little too close to it probably, <laughs> so I may not be the best person to rely on this as well. But um, I don't know if you guys were severely disappointed in the outcome. Like we wouldn't be doing this anymore. You'd be writing your own stuff, is what I figure about it. So. Yeah, what I don't know I'm, if anyone was disappointed. Yeah. So anyway, I started writing my own stuff, and uh, we're going <laughs> to the film three. You know, it's. Uh, yeah, when I have something, I'll look, we just got to get. Yeah, we just got to get on the dialogue. We got to figure out how to record people talking, which we don't have any experience with. So oh, so gotta, I guess to that, since we're in a. Oh, you, Ryan, we doing, we're just are so this we're just we're just voiceovering for the three as well. No, no, no. No, no you, or Ryan will be talking. Four. Okay, so we're talking about film three, right? David's film? Yeah. Yeah, so this is, no, we're doing on-set dialogue, right? So we're, we're in the Someone's going to need to hold, like, a boom for that? That's correct. Oof, okay. Yeah, because okay. then I'm a, I'm a mover, you know? Yes. Like, I'm, like, he that, wants me mobile. That that will play heavily in the scenes. Okay. So, um, so I, I guess to that point, right, like... It, and fuck you, David, by the way, for doing this, right? So, like, I have to write my own speech for this, like... <laughs> so, um... 
Right. So I, you know, you, you gave me the worst challenge of all, which is that like, it, you know, the ideas I were conveying had to be substantial. Like if they're just crank ideas, like I could like, yeah, let's get it. But like the fact that it has to be substantial has um, thrown a complicating factor into this. And then also, and correct me if I'm wrong here, right? But like you wanted me to kind of give like a, like a professorial lecture kind of thing, like maybe like what, two and a half minutes or so. Yeah. Okay. So that's a lot of work <laughs> for a new topic, and I can absolutely, am, and I'm working towards it right now. I thought you were going to do it on film four. What's that? I thought you were. I thought the topic was going to be film yes. Four. Now that, but you've you, you've added so much weight to film four now. You know, like that that I have to like really think through it, and more importantly, I think as well, like that like the idea of like the ownership of the core ideas is entirely mine is kind of coming, uh, you know, coming at me a little bit more than. Um, than it was previously, but regardless, um, I'm on it. I wish I'll know that I'm working on it, um, and uh, and yeah, we'll have um, hopefully have something within the next week or two that I can give you guys the, you the start, overall breakdown. Start actually shopping on, yeah. Yeah, we'll actually have the I think the overall prep because part of the process too, and if, I don't know how we'll incorporate this into the film, um, but we'll be kind of like going over and play acting it out because like a lot of what I realized when I was a professor was like the repetition was what actually brought about a lot of the um yeah. a lot of the practice because oh just the the little improv filming we did was extremely helpful yeah that look, orienting. I mean it's on your iCloud drive I don't know if oh it is okay yeah. I gotta get on that thing god yeah. damn it I thought you, you said it was working so I know all I did was look at the one I wanted to look at <laughs> fair <laughs> No, we can use that as our location. I have four terabytes. No, it's up there, it's so. very handy for it's very handy just to orient in space, kind of what that what that might potentially look like. Because okay, the difference, I mean, and this is literally what film three is about, is the difference between the mind's eye and you know the reality on the page or on the wall. Exactly. It's it's very helpful to have that there. Well, and it just I would appreciate the idea that like you know getting this together and crafting a substantial idea that you're also going to be basing a creative project on, only to intentionally have it derided in the second half. Of <laughs> yeah. like, like I would appreciate some some uh, um, understanding, I guess, in this process moving forward. So yeah, yeah. I mean, if anything, it's mostly to get you to force you to actually write dialogue because you haven't done it yet. Yeah, absolutely. So. And I've got that, to, like I said, I'm, I'm working on it together, even though I'm copying out in film four, which is essentially all voiceover at this point. But Yeah, know, exactly. Yeah. That's I'm, I'm forcing you to uncop out and okay. uh, write some of film three. Gotcha. You got it. Yeah. It can be done. It must be done. And, I mean... Not to twist that I can write the dialogue for you if you want me to. Well, give me a, let me get you, let me get the stab at it. I'll have a kind of dry run okay. that we can go through, and we could even block it out if we need. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. Have we'll stand-ins and such. Like, yeah. Right. I don't think we'll have trouble finding two hundred seconds of things for you to do. I don't think that'll be a problem. I can talk. It's just. Like I mean, we've the, got cigarette breaks. Yeah. We've got a window. Yeah, the window. We've staring. got we've got so much to work with on that side. Right. And if you need filler between <laughs> thoughts, that's what the peanut gallery is for. They right. they are perfectly capable of injecting either you know exclamations or vague questions or literally say, I know what you mean. Right. They're there to reassure. They're literally in your brain to reassure. Well, you. but it's it's also too because that unlocks the rhetorical devices that I can have yeah. in communicate in in the communication. Right, like it can be like question answer. You know, yeah. um, leading a, a leading affirmation. Yes. Um, 
or just a simple nod of encouragement when things are going southward in need of no exactly that's yeah, yeah, that yeah, so. and that's what those gremlins in your brain do in real life Indeed. so that's what we are attempting to manifest okay. i'm still okay i i still think i kind of like them being in like monk robe type attire <laughs> Just three people sitting okay. there his with other, their hands in their laps. His with like, other his other parts. Of, yeah, yeah. The okay. three the three people will be sitting next to each other, like the brown sack looking thing with their hands in their laps, just with the hood. Okay, I think that would be good. <laughs> so um um, but yeah, no, I think a couple rehearsals will be will be necessary. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. Say too. No, I, yeah. that's and whether or not they form B roll or or, and also they you know, because the other thing is that like whenever I lectured, I never lectured from like notes or anything like that they were all yeah. you know 70 percent extemporaneous so i if you can pull that off we should absolutely go with that okay. so i mean sounds good i mean because we i mean you ran into that problem writing the um the my reference for this is always going to be that cold war history yeah. thing you were you're doing it's like what what you wrote was fine but because you wrote it it was stiff yeah like <laughs> you're a talker yep so yeah, it's just the the weird the weird reality of that. No, I haven't I haven't uh, my those parts of my brain haven't merged into each <laughs> other. I'm not Hunter S. Thompson, you know, like it doesn't work that way. So regardless, um, yeah, I can I, I'll I'll knock something together, and we need rehearsals, and we'll go from there. Oh, and then uh, are we doing any pre stuff on mine? Because I obviously I don't have a script to show you guys today, which is my fault. I just I'm no. working on the middle section. No, whatever. Okay, so I might as well talk about this, right? <laughs> so. We're here. Yeah. Right, like, I've got the middle and I've got the end. Uh, excuse me, I've got the beginning and I've got the end. I don't have the middle. And For four? Yeah, for four. For four. Yeah, because I know where I want to end up. And I think, like, like all great mystery writers, you know, you just work backwards when you know the ending or you know the who did it. And then you <laughs> just, like, I think that's the approach I have to take from that. So that's, but the, pro uh, so I'm not wedded to the, the beginning or anything like that, but, like, yeah, like knowing the overall idea that I and, and vibe, I think is the right, you know, use the parlance of the time. This is what I'm going for. Now it's like, all right, how do we how do we push and create the setup for this? Right. Because um, the thing I'm, I think I'm also having is that like the vibe and idea, like the big idea for the thing I don't I can like see, but I can't grasp. And so like here's what I mean by this. Right. Like what makes Back to the Future like inherently relatable is like it's a movie about what would it be like if you could meet your parents as when they were your age, right? Like that's what like back to the future, like taps into. And as an overall, pre like as the premise of that movie, that's not the actual premise. Like that, I think is a beautifully distillation, beautiful distillation of like what that movie is. Yeah. So like, what is my movie? I don't have that answer to that yet. You know, if that makes any sense, right? Like yeah. you didn't, you haven't stumbled upon the greater question that it answers. Yeah. It's, and it's like, I know the feeling that I want, like to convey, the, but yeah, you don't have and like I want the, want to, want you don't have like the elevator yeah. pitch of it yeah. yet, or something. I assume you're familiar with experimental film. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what this is turning out to be now. Like, oh yeah, no, that's, yeah. That, that is that. That's one of the only songs with lyrics on the planet that I like because mm -hmm. it it perfectly captures um, <laughs> the ending. Yeah. It's the part that makes your face implode. <laughs> so. I don't know what makes your face implode, but that's the way the story ends. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm working towards. So, yeah. Yeah. Which, again, dovetails perfectly with film three. We've made it, uh, <laughs> in some ways, we've made it impossible to film 
film three until film four is done. Yes, which is a great constraint. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, all, that's quite a that's quite a it's constraint. It's all a push there. pull. Here we go. I'm I like fine how with we're it. just putting all the pressure on Ryan to come up with all the content. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, I'm down. It helps. Yeah, I can tell he's well, already. Because you got, guys can't even really. He's already sweat through this shirt. Yeah, no, this yeah. is not going well. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like it's also because you guys can't riff or react until I know what I'm yeah, gonna until do. You're like, gonna, like, oh, yeah. damn it. Like, how are we going to tear this shit down? And it's like, well, give me something to tear down. Like, well, we got. We can do the impressionistic version. Like, if if in a month. If we get to January and we're not going anywhere, we can we can shift into the impressionist gear where I I will write <laughs> I will write you a film four lecture knowing nothing about film four and we will work through that. No, so I'll I'm um I'll have the script together uh, knocked up essentially for critique and stuff like that, which I do and would appreciate as well. But like you guys will know what this I mean we've already kind of talked about what it's gonna yeah, be yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So you guys already half know what it is yeah but i wouldn't put that i wouldn't take that into account i would do oh no yeah that would be that would be half the purpose is it would be a dreamscape of uh, gesturing at what film four is no i'm going to in the grand scope of like you know um you know creative block like just throw like just to get something out right because like i have like several ideas and things that i I, that are a part of it so like just to get something out to have to y'all i'll have that done you know in the next couple days or so and then it will just be you know, being able to, um, you know, to meet and work through and talk through it as well. Because, I mean, I'll have something, I'll have two and a half minutes to say. I just, you know, like, what, the the problem with the substantive part is that, like, you know, it right now it's, I'm, I'm imagining it as, like, 30% of that part of that, like, my little ranty luxury thing, 30% will be process and 70% will be content. The problem is that, like, those, that just moves over, like, because by, if I don't have anything together, it'll just be 60% process and 40% content and, you have know, like, the actual project, you know, <laughs> so that's what, if that's fine with you, then we can go from there. Yeah. But that's where I think the dyna- the, the push-pull is between I, those two things. I also think that as long as we do a healthy number of takes... As we go through the process, yes, we'll have to film it chronologically, obviously. Um, but given pretty that pretty we'll, much filmed everything chronologically, yeah. Well, I, but if, if we do that, uh, I don't think we'll be. I don't think this will be as big a lift as it feels well, right now. Yeah, and th- I think too that right, like if we, then we shouldn't do a lot of like off, unfilmed rehearsals. Like you know, I mean, one of the film. You know, one technique in filmmaking is like you don't rehearse; like you just yeah. Well, we need to have film. like the set and everything together. Yeah, so that's that we the, can start that's doing the constraint on so that. So that's yeah. yeah. So you need to start bringing over books that we can arrange. Oh, cool! Yeah, actually, that's that's exactly what I need to be doing over anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, that works. Synergy. Yeah. Do you have a desk and chair we can use, or do we need to procure some of that bullshit? I might have an old office chair in like my storage unit. Uh, I mean, we need to finish furnishing the gym floor first before doing it but yeah we can start looking around for that kind of stuff okay yeah and our uh, our shed back there can be where most of the shed. most of the props will be held anyway <laughs> on a per- more permanent basis than ever before <laughs> all right giggity gang pre-prod and podcast all together uh, victor wants to stop by around six ish oh, oh this should be